All right, ladies and gentlemen, so boys and girls, about, hold on. Children Stand. of all ages. Oh. Because you watched Whoosh! Star Crash. Dr. Yes, everything is better with the Queen soundtrack, including this podcast. If you would go to get Queen's Greatest Hits, press play right now at the point where Freddie Mercury um, in the video for what's the one with the vacuum where they're cross-dressing. I'm, Somehow the stars will align and it will all make sense to you. Yeah. It's, press play wanna, now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it's like the Wizard of Oz and Pink Floyd where you have to it is, play. It is exactly like that. <laughs> Exactly like that. So if you didn't start it now, you missed it. You got to rewind. But anyway, because you watched Star Crash, we are here today. Dr. Alan Barris, Michael Klink, me, Michael Vanderpool. The three musketeers. Tears from watching this film. Flash Gordon. <sighs> Flash Gordon is a, a 1980 film, I believe. Yes. yes. Um inspired by the flash gordon comics and serial and you guys probably know a little bit more about that backstory than i do um interesting synergy or comparison kind of sort of maybe to uh uh star wars which it's funny how if you read into these things they kind of fed into each other uh, i'm a little bit as the, the movies progress so i really hate this movie though even though i tried watching it five five or six times and i could never sit through the whole thing I just got bored and had to, and did something else with it on in the background. So I've seen it all, but not all at once and not in any way where I'm going to be able to provide any opinion other than fart noises. So I'm going to turn it over to you. I will concur that good chunks of the movie are boring. If they could maintain the kind of music video craziness of the beginning all the way through, that would have been great. Or if they had made it a rock opera. Yes. It would have been awesome. That would have been cool, yes. Everything. Apple, which we're going to inflict on you guys at home at some point in the future. Uh, it could have been a disaster, too, but it would have been a more entertaining disaster. Or it might have actually gone a little bit more in the direction of the movie that I thought of while watching this repeatedly, and that was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. It feels like a hugely wasted opportunity because they didn't know what they were trying to do or they were trying to do too much. Right. By, by, by trying to do too much, I mean, there's no reason this movie should be an hour and 50 minutes. Right. I, I'm thinking about cutting it to where the opening credits, which is the Queen song, yep. cut everything out of the middle until the Queen song comes in again at the end. <laughs> and then this movie is awesome. Makes perfect sense. Eight minutes. That's all they needed. Just play uh, Flash uh, by Queen twice in a row and perfect movie. Well, we have to include uh, all of Princess or being slutty. We, I, I think we got to include that at least. Yeah, she has problems. And uh, she's friendly. And Clytus is fun, but. And who else is fun? Clytus, uh, Peter Wingard's character, the guy with the golden mask. That guy. Oh, right on. Yeah. 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 So as I watched this movie for the again this morning or tried to watch again this morning i noticed a lot of repetitive dialogue yes which i think added to the length and to the the, the boringness of it right like release the hounds 
I'm going to press the button to release the hounds. I'm pressing the button to release the hounds. Like I articulating every single bit of action. It actually reminded me, it's funny because you guys know I'm reading the, the uh, X-Men 1960s um, yep, issue like 97 onward. Uh, and it is so much exposition in the writing of saying what they're doing as a yeah. part of explaining it. I think that might be what that style is carried over into the script here because man, it is a hard watch and a hard listen. Actually, it's not a hard watch. It's it's really nice. Like the, the costuming, everything, even the, the hokey spaceships, I think all all work really well if this is like a space opera, like you mentioned. Yeah. That, that would have been cool, yeah. Backgrounds and all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it all fits together really nicely. It looks like somebody had a vision all the way through. It's mm -hmm. just that not involved dialogue. <laughs> yeah. involved story. And I'm certain that that vision did not involve that stupid ass football scene. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. It was just no. This is just dumb. Yeah. It becomes less dumb, and then it becomes more dumb and less dumb, and it kind of swings back and forth for a while for me. So I had a couple of WTF moments. If you guys oh, want to just jump to that, I mean, yeah, the whole thing, right? But like, but legitimate. Like um, hair flipping in Lost Empire, WTF moments. Um, yeah, yeah. Ones where I actually in my head was like, what the? Uh, the uh, casual, subtle praise of Hitler. And when they're wiping uh, Dr. Tolstoy or whatever the guy actor's name is, one word actor guy's name. It's uh, <laughs> played by Topol. Topol. Uh, of you who have ever seen Fiddler on the Roof in any incarnation up until about the 80s, uh, you probably saw Topol in it. So when they're wiping his mind, similar to what they do with C-3PO and Rise of Skywalker, um, yep. he they're flashing through all of the things that he's seen, even though he's in the scenes that he's, whatever, doesn't make any sense there. Um, how can you be in the pictures of your memories? But I digress, unless you live your life in front of a mirror. Um, but there's a, they show some Nazism stuff and your Destro guy that, uh, I can't remember that you just mentioned. Clytus. Clytus. Uh, mentions like his line, I can't remember, Alan, maybe you wrote it down like, oh, it seems like now, a wasted opportunity now, or what? Now he showed promise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> About Hitler. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> They're the bad guys. They are the bad guys. It's still, it's a little weird. It's a little, and then... <clears throat> then the other big WTF moment for me was how crooked that one guy's nose was. Oh my. Wow, yes. I've never seen anything like that before. He was not oh. a boxer. Did you notice in the memory wipe how his wife died? Is that how she died? Because I don't know. <laughs> it was like a swimming pool drowning, I think. Which... <laughs> At yeah. a party with a bunch of people watching her drown. Yeah, <laughs> and it looked like it was a wedding. Yeah. It I've was their wedding. I've heard of some pretty tragic swimming pool drownings. I mean, it happens, but not like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where he throws her in playfully, and then it snaps, and the next scene, they're pulling her out in a body bag, and he's crying, like, what happened? Yeah. But thank, thank, thankfully, thankfully, we had the Beatles for him to preserve those memories. <laughs> oh. Yes, I thought of the Beatles. I'm like, he should have. He should have said, "I thought of Queen." That would have made it really meta. I think. Yeah. Freddie Mercury helped me pull through. 
by exactly. sexual loss. Yeah, anyway. So I could rant about all the things I hate, but I'm more interested in hearing you guys because I think you guys like this. And that I bothers did. me a little bit. Well, Clink, you... I go back <laughs> because there's some, good, uh, there's some good stuff in this. And it's got a lot of people I really like in it. Uh, my favorite is Brian Blessed, who plays the uh, king of the hawk. Uh, the, uh, mm, the hawk. Yeah. Um, he's awesome because you know that uh, he just has this ability to be thrilled about any act of violence he's about to be engaged in. And he does that. That's his shtick. He does that in every role that I've ever seen him in. Where it's just this big, boisterous, and now we kill! Kind of. <laughs> and he like right here. He's a joyful psychopath, ready to go. <laughs> so, so should we set this up a little bit? Can can somebody explain to me this universe? Because you've got feather people, winged people, then you've got the tree elves or the Robin Hood people. What's what's going on? Here? Mongo, which is the central planet, and then we've got these other planets, which like crazily close together. Like you can like fly between them and such very easily. Uh, so the, the the physics is all weird. Don't try to figure this one out. Uh, this makes as much sense as being able to hear TIE fighters in space. But uh, <laughs> That's science though, sir. TIE fighters do that scream for to scare people. Just like in Star Trek the original series where they had to go silent running and be quiet because they didn't want to alert where the, the Romans where they were. That, that actually wasn't an episode. It was... <laughs> All right, I will I will lay off of Star Wars temporarily. Uh, but let's just say it doesn't make a whole lot of damn sense. Uh, but that's okay, because it's a comic book. And again, this is supposed to be like a crazy space fantasy thing. So, yeah. Um, so there's the multiple, like, either planets or moons. It was kind of unclear as to whether they were moons or, or distinct planets. But they're all pretty damn close together. And each one of those planets has a different race of, uh, of near humans living on it. Uh, one of them is the Hawk people. Another one is uh, Ardentia, which is where the kind of Zulu-looking guys were from. I, I couldn't figure out their outfit uh, combination. But they don't show up later on, except yeah. like, very briefly. It's like, so the... Black Moon doesn't get talked about here. Could we kind of, I don't know, could we fill in some backstory? Because these guys seem pretty interesting to me. Uh, they're the ones whose leader tried killing Ming in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was that was probably it's the most interesting part of the movie. <clears throat> yeah, the, uh, the, the, I did like the fact that all of the various peoples under Ming all were secretly plotting against him and kind of plotting against each other at the same time. Uh, since, like, the uh, the only reason that the King of the Hawk people was kissing up to Ming so much was so he could kill Ming later on. I that I, I, I kind of liked that. But, uh, again, the... Uh, and then we've also got the Arboreans, who are the, like, kind of elfy... Uh, Robin Hood's merry men types. Uh, 
who are led by Timothy Dalton doing his best arrow arrow <laughs> flip uh, and with his second in command being Richard O'Brien, the creator of the Rocky Horror Picture Show and also the fellow who played uh, Riff Raff in the movie. Yep, the hunchback guy, right? From Rocky Horror. Uh, yep, yep, yep. E the Igor character, for lack of a better. Yep. Dude, the costume in this movie was awesome. Like, it separated out the species really well. It looked like, it looked really, really cool, man. Except for they are Boris, who looked like Barth and Basin. Yeah. They, they, that interest. But everybody else looked really cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, another actor who appeared in this, by the way, who um, I had forgotten about until I checked the I checked IMDb and was like, oh, that guy. So there is a, a little person in this who is in like full outfit. Oh, yeah. And uh, that uh, part of that person is uh, Deep Roy. Uh, who, if you have seen the Tim Burton version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he yeah. is the Oompa. He plays all of them. Mm -hmm. Is he the and one that was the, standing right next to the throne? Yeah, yeah, and he's been in a bunch of stuff. I, yeah. he's, uh, he, he's another one of those little people who just gets a lot of work. So this Ming guy is like traveling around the universe just finding planets to play with? To mess with. mess with. Yeah, Ming is a... There's no other way around it. Ming just likes screwing around with people. He's okay. just... He, and is and played he, by uh, veteran actor Max von Sydow, who recently died, uh, I think it was last month. Uh, and his uh, father was a folklorist. Uh, he was uh -oh. a... Uh, of uh, substantial note. Hmm. So, terribly interesting guy, that von Sydow. So is this a racist Chinese stereotype that we're dealing with yes. in, in character Ming? Oh, yes. I would say no. They de-Asian they de <laughs> him in this. Right. But Ming's origins are definitely Fu Manchu. Right. Again, what we, can we can trace a lot of the, the Asian villain to... Uh, Sax Romer's Fu Manchu, which was created just a little bit before Flash Gordon. It was like within 10 years, I think, which was weird to me. I thought Sax Romer was actually writing earlier than that, but apparently I was wrong. Um, so Ming is kind of a Fu Manchu ripoff, down to having his horny daughter who is kind of evil, depending on which version we're getting. Here she's just horny and traitorous. But ultimately, her heart is in the right place, I suppose, by the end of it. But, uh, but Ming, no, Ming is, a, uh, Ming is an Orientalist stereotype to a certain extent. And it's interesting because the actress that, or actor that plays her, his daughter, Ornella Moody, I'm butchering the name, I'm sure, um, you know, her features are, are somewhat Asian, even though she is an Italian actress. Yeah, I think they just uh, I, a little bit of makeup on that, and uh, and again, she, she just, yeah. she's just an interesting looking woman on top of being incredibly beautiful. So there you go. I'm gonna say no because they're aliens. But that's the so thing. Was, <laughs> so so was Glitterbeard in Star Crash too, and that was pretty freaking. It's true. Exactly. Or um, yeah. or. The uh, or like the uh, the feder uh, not the the trade federation. Uh, oh yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Ferengis? No, no, no. no yeah, uh, no. Star Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys. Yeah. They were they're they're totally even, it's it's interesting. Even in there's a group of books. I don't know how nerdy you guys are, but it's called the Rift War Saga. Uh, it's kind of a that science fantasy Dungeons and Dragons, Dragonlance, right? Um, Harry Potter before Harry Potter, uh, and yeah. the 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 big bads or the enemies in that are all Oriental-ish or have Oriental Asian qualities, whatever the words would proper words are now anymore to describe people. I don't even know. I probably just offended half the country. Um, you can and the other use, half are cheering. <laughs> you can use Oriental when you're talking about Orientalism. Uh, very okay. safe. That's the idea that the that the East is different in some crucial way mm-hmm. from the rest of humanity, and it's kind of seeing everybody in the from the East in this weird uh, opposed to the West kind of way. And it's uh, uh, Edward Said's the one who talks uh, con- uh, talks considerably about this, uh, to varying degrees of success. Uh, sometimes uh, Orientalist discussions get a little crazy, but uh, most of the time they got a point. And here again, I think the movie starts drifting away from Ming as the as the Asian despot specifically, but again, not entirely. Yes. So it's still kind of there, but it's not as bad as, say, back in the comics or in the serial or anything like that. Oh, yeah, the serial, he was in pretty much every episode. I watched a few because they had him on Turner Classic Movies. Um, He was in practically every episode. He was always the one kind of shaking his finger at uh, Flash Gordon. I'll get you next time, Flash, and things like that. And then Flash Gordon will run off the screen and then come back on and then do something else and run off and did, did this serial and, and is, is the, the, the history of Flash Gordon, uh, it's got to be similar to like what, what Batman was, right? Because Batman is a comic and then a uh, 12-part uh, serial, I think was the first, it was the first yeah. television type thing that happened. So similar to that? Yeah, the comic is first. And then they serial with Buster Crab in the t- either late 20s or 30s. It's, it's one of the first big serials. And then it influences all of the other serials that rip it and Buck Rogers off. Oh, and that's the other thing. Flash Gordon's a big old ripoff of Buck Rogers. Think of this as a as a wonderful DC and Marvel relationship where, again, uh, Marvel kind of steals from DC a lot. So there you go. Buck Rogers is a Marvel property? Uh, no, no. Oh. But, same, but same kind of relationship. Gotcha. Buck Rogers first just by a bit and then uh and then flash gordon comes off of that oh and flash apparently in the in the uh in the comic he was a polo player from yale so as i observed to my colleagues in (laughs) obviously this makes flash more uh closer to to c montgomery burns from the simpsons than any like robust manly hero when it comes right to at least for the modern audience well because yeah in the comics and, and again i don't know much of the comics history but he was dressed all weird with a cape and like this uh you I know mean, what what do you call that attire that buttons up in the front like that i mean almost like a band major versus oh, a football player right i also forgot okay 
Um, this is also partially a ripoff of John Carter of Mars, which uh, yes. predates uh, Flash Gordon. Actually, predates both the Flash Gordon comic and the uh, and Buck Rogers. Although Buck Rogers is a little bit more complicated because it's future Earth, and you know, really the other bad guys are mostly humans. 1912 for John Carter. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. And if you've yeah, ever read those that. stories, they're pretty wild too, just because the Martians are mostly naked and running around doing stuff, and then they have different they have different colored skins for different Martian or different alien races, and hmm. yeah, <laughs> can't make that movie now at all. Well, they tried. <laughs> yes, they tried. <laughs> Fortunately, they did. Uh. Well, I don't know what I think about this movie. I really hated it at first, but then I was thinking more about it um, as I watched it again and again. It could at least be on, right? Like I, I wouldn't watch. I wouldn't even put Supergirl or or Galaxy Lords on again, as or the Justice League of America, right? Our, our trifecta of trash, for lack of a better yeah. phrase. Um, but at least this one, like, it visually, it's interesting enough. Yes. I just wish the story didn't suck, man. Yeah. And again, the story and the writing, it's done in this very naive sense. And unlike, and it is winking at us a lot of the time with how naive these these jerks are, but not really. It's not Rocky Horror, where Rocky, uh, they know Brad and Janet suck. And they're making fun of the fact that Brad and Janet suck and are way too straight and way too straight-laced. I, that's part of the joke. But here, we are winking at them and we're saying, boy, aren't they kind of stupid. But then there's no... They don't go any further on that. Whereas the, the, the ultimate lesson of Rocky Horror is that perversion will set you free. Uh, in this case, it is... Um, boy, isn't this world kind of interesting with all of its perverse elements, but eh, nah, we don't need any of that. So I took that as, if, if you've ever, so Vanderpool, you're reading X-Men right now. Just just X-Men or any other comics from Marvel? Just, just X-Men. I am, okay. I am on a mission right now of reading everything Wolverine from start to finish. Wow, wow. that's a lot. So I started with the Hulk. Those three issues that he's two two and one page uh, Hulk issues that he's in, and then yeah. starting with the Claremont X Mont is that his name Claremont Chris Claremont yeah Chris uh, uh, his stuff which I think is episode nine or issue ninety six ninety seven through one forty something is what I plan on reading I'm only on issue one hundred three right now and then into the eighty two Wolverine and then who knows how that's going to open up because I think there's some overlap and insanity. Yes. Oh, uh, uh, definitely read Old Man Logan. Uh, yes. And, and old Man titles, they're all really fun. Yeah. In creepy, weird, apocalyptic ways. But. but what I've noticed is you have these adult characters running around, um, male and female, but the female characters usually have these skimpy outfits or these revealing outfits later on, especially in the, the 80s and early 90s. Yep. But you never have anybody comment on that? Like, uh, 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 Cloak and Dagger. 
Dagger has a very, very revealing outfit because pretty much what comics are is um, you take, they, they want to show the human form off without showing a naked person. So that's why Spider-Man has a skin tight suit. That's why Batman Superman does too, things like that. Right. So the reason why I'm saying all this is <clears throat> there are times when I've, I was reading a, a Spider-Man comic with Cloak and Dagger in it and these uh, thugs were surrounding Dagger and they were just going to beat her up. They said, come here, girl, we're going to beat you up. They never say anything sexualized, anything perverted, anything with that, because the audience is most likely 12-year-olds. That's Certainly at the time. Yes. Yeah. Not now, because we're talking about it. But, <laughs> but that's the way I see Flash Gordon as it's not a Rocky Horror Picture Show, because, I mean, would you show Rocky Horror Picture Show to your children? Well, yeah, but... Uh, that's why I don't have kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> they took them away after. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, uh, is obviously not meant for kids. Whereas right. to have the most appeal, it seemed like, was meant more for kids. Kind of like a, a G.I. Joe episode or a He-Man even. Yeah. Or right? even uh, Masters of the Universe, where Masters of yeah. the Universe isn't really a good show for kids, movie for kids, but I watched the crap out of that thing. It was awesome. It, and this does have uh, obviously a lot of, I mean, not direct connections, but similarities to Masters of the Universe. I mean, Dolph Lundgren and, and Sam P. Jones or whatever his middle initial is, I mean, they I interchangeable, I, I think, with, with their characters and how they portray them, act them. Um, the costuming, right, being more, and, and the sets being cooler, the coolest part of Masters of the Universe, at least that what I remember. Um, yes. That Skeletor makeup on 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 uh, on Skeletor, wow, <laughs> was amazing. <laughs> like he looked like he was actual. Skull. Yeah, yeah. Frank Langella, who was playing Skeletor in that movie, uh, there's been a lot actually written about him. Uh, he's always talked about as like the like the glorious Shakespearean center of a otherwise terrible movie. <laughs> and, yeah, but and really Skeletor either because we all know and love Skeletor as an incompetent fumbling imbecile from the TV show. Uh, he's not incompetent. His underlings are. He tells <laughs> every episode where they're just bumbling buffoons. But he keeps employing them. <laughs> yeah. Just like uh, King Cobra. <laughs> that, was too, that was on the tee though. That was, I, I had to swing. I could not swing at that one. Damn you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm the one that's going to get fired when all these get released. Don't worry about it. You guys are fine. All right. And? Uh, yeah. Okay. Damn you, back the pool! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think so. But that's you know, how I saw it, though. Saw it as what? Oh, you were talking and I wasn't listening. Go ahead. That's how I saw it. No, the, the whole uh, uh, Flash Gordon was kind of meant more for kids. Right. Yes, you have this woman who's going around just kissing people. That's it. Like, she's not doing stuff. Uh, and then, that's not it, though, because okay. there's a lot of winking going on here through this. Yes. Um, did you notice the sound that the doors on Ming's, um, I refer to it here as his chamber, but oh. I think it's a different uh, name in the movie. They might as well have called it his chamber, because yeah. when the door opens, it sighs. Seriously? I didn't notice that. Seriously. Uh, on top of that, 
we have a mention that specifically Ming has to uh, like take some kind of oh yeah, uh, Viagra, vir- virility his, drink. His uh, his prowess uh, oh, yes. in the film. And, and uh, because hold, oh, but hold on, and, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt, Alan, because that was yes. the stupidest thing in the world. Like the 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 the, the character, whatever her name is, that fell in love with Flash in two seconds. Okay, movies, I get it, but still, I love you so much. But then, like, and they, the, they got engaged too. Yeah, Ming's, but Ming's daughter comes in and says, hey, here's a potion to kill him. But then she can't, to kill Ming, but then she can't kill Ming because she's promised a vow. Like, so stupid. Ugh. Now go back to what you're talking That's about. That's what makes her human, though. <laughs> or whatever. That's what happens when I, that's what, why I hate this. When I started to pay attention, it hurt me. And it hurt me deep down in places that are going to be scarred for life. Yeah, I have the comment at some point that uh, Dale, uh, uh, Flash girlfriend, is um, is lawful stupid using uh, <laughs> because it's like no, I cannot, uh, and no, that's just dumb. Yeah. Uh, Dale also, I, my other notes about Dale. Um, let's see here. Dale's really getting into space flight because she, like, she's on Flash immediately as soon as uh, they're going into orbit. Like, she first, like, falls asleep, like, like kind of passes out on his shoulder. And then they're, like, just, like, obviously they are meant to just, like, crazy, and the universe is trying to get them to do this. Uh, She's really into space flight. I, my comment at some point is, does anything not turn Dale, turn Dale on? <laughs> nice. <laughs> and the same thing with Princess Aura. Again, she's, I, I've got her noted here as Ming's dog daughter, who, again, just is constantly seducing everything. <laughs> yes. What the hell? Uh, and this fills up with Timothy Dalton. I mean, come on. Uh, this does wrap it up right, nice and neat at the end, doesn't it? With who's standing next to who? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. A little, little bit of Lord of the Rings ish stuff going on in there. Well, again, it's the 1980s. Well, 1980, so it's like actually technically the late 70s still. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a movie that's obviously made for kids, but like with those winks. Kids yeah. are, are we yeah. with Shrek movies? Shrek movies are really, really, really popular, and they're a, pretty much a kids' movie with adult jokes. And so then adults can get into it, kids can get into it, kids won't understand things. And then from that, you can have this these many layers to this. Apparently, according to Vanderpool, god awful movie. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know if I. I don't hate it as much as I did, although I. <laughs> Do know so, that this directly spawned and inspired Galaxy Lords, which I yeah. hate with my whole entire everything. Well, that and Buck Rogers and a bunch of other crap that they then ignored and didn't actually do anything. I really uh, liked Buck Rogers, the TV show. It was entertaining enough. Yeah. but it, I mean, when I was 12, they, or yeah, whenever yeah, I was yeah. in syndication. Yeah. And that's what this movie's for. I, I would argue this movie, Flash Gordon, is for 12-year-old Vanderpool. And not however old you are now, Vanderpool. I'm not going to ask how old you are. 44. Oh, okay. Not 44-year-old Vanderpool. Yeah. So it's 32 years too late. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. You missed it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So any memorable quotes? I know that there's tons. All right. Prepare her for our pleasure. <laughs> when, when did that happen? Uh, that is when uh, Ming is, uh, is uh, ordering Dale to be taken to his pleasure chamber. Nice. Marriage, I suppose, later on. Oh, speaking um, of which, um, when Ming first meets Dale and does that ring thing to her and she does a dancing weird sensual thing, yeah. her, his... Anything not turn Dale on. <laughs> yeah, but Goldface guy even said he, she responds to that. The, she's that's the best response to it, even better than your daughter. So that means that mm -hmm. Ming has done that to his own daughter. Is that what I'm getting? I think that is the implication. Okay, that's that's cringy. Another see again. Uh, see again. We've got this level of deep perviness that's running through this, and then, but again, it doesn't. It doesn't embrace it. It's just, boy, is it Ming a bad guy for all things? Yes. And then let's have everyone get married at the end. There, heterosexuality restored. <laughs> oh. Oh, let's see. Um, it's my secret pleasure moon. There. <laughs> Up for two. Uh, and then, don't use your mouth. Use your brain. <laughs> I don't know if I should clap or not. Out of context, <laughs> that's a bad quote, but within the context, it makes sense. So those are all the dirty ones. Then, <laughs> earlier on, my, my favorite at the beginning of this. So Dr. Zarkov is nuts. I He's just yeah. crazy right from the beginning. And the fun part about Zarkov, and, and this is actually something that I don't know whether his weird trying to hold people at gunpoint to make them go on the rocket with him. I don't know if that's in the original comic. Uh, but, but there is a but there is a movie called Whistle to the Moon that uses a really similar plot in that we've got this kind of nutty scientist who uh, really wants to go back to the moon. Spoiler alert, because he's already been there. I don't know how he did that. But anyway, I don't remember, and I don't want to watch the movie again. But uh, <laughs> he ends up kind of holding two convicts who escape and, and hide out in his rocket. He kind of befriends them and kind of kidnaps them uh, into, going, into being his crew for going to the moon. <laughs> so that same kind of weird... Of, of all the things they would take, why would you take that? So, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the beginning of this movie, like makes zero sense to me. And like, then the, how... best part, the best part is when he hold, pulls the gun on his his lab assistant mm -hmm. and says, "Get your toothbrush and whatever." <laughs> I mean, Again, for kids though. So yeah, you brush yes. your teeth. So grab your toothbrush. We're going to space. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think though this would have the same type of so would we say that superman the movie was made for kids yeah or at least yeah. considered part of the audience there's a burglar on the side of a building going up superman grabs him takes him down to the cop the cop doesn't know who superman is at all this is the first utterance of superman or in, 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 uh, incident of superman right and he goes here you go, sir. Take him to jail, and then flies off. And the cops like, "What the hell? 
what is going on? And yet the cop believes him. Or at the end, uh, Lex Luthor is just put in to a, a maximum security prison. He should just be able to walk right out the door because <laughs> due, judge, due process, but whatever. So yes, definitely for, for kids, I would say. I, I think I had a point, but I forgot because you were sorry. Uh, you, you, you took too long. <laughs> Here, sorry. Well, let me, Vanderpool, let me give you another reason to hate this movie. <laughs> Sweet. Flashes leather diapers. So at one point. Wait, oh, yeah. That makes so sense, though. Short leather shorts. And they look kind of diapery. So there you go. Flashes yeah. leather diapers. Didn't want to contemplate his form quite that much, but there you go. He had so many changes in this movie, though. For real. So oh. many. With that awesome shirt at the beginning that just said Flash, like, who wears their name on their chest? That is amazing. I know, I know somebody will this fall. <laughs> yes, it's going to happen. Uh, I already talked to people. It's in the works, Clink. Oh, We're going to fundraise for your art class so you can buy paints. Yay! Oh, and at the beginning scene with, uh, is it Dr. Zarkov? Is that his name? Yes, Dr. Zarkov. When he pulls the gun on the guy and tells him to get in the ship, that reminded me of a Simpsons episode where uh, Burns made a small plane. It was riffing on, um, what's the guy's name? That's a Howard the, Hughes. The, the, Howard, yeah, Howard Hughes. It was riffing on that where he builds the model plane he goes, get in Smithers. And Smithers is like, is that the model? He's like, no, it's not. It's the real plane. He pulls the gun on, on him and he says, get in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't remember what episode that's in. I don't either. Can you explain to me how and why uh, Flash Gordon and Dale, the travel agent, got in the same plane at the beginning? Was that, was that just reasons? Yes. Cause, and, and it seemed like, like it would have made much more sense if they'd have shown him at the football game and the hail would have been somehow, some way, like they could have done a better job showing than, than what they ended up doing telling at the beginning that was just set it up for being horrible. Oh, which reminds me. You remember how we started this podcast talking about bad movies and we started out with um, Star Crash and now we've worked our way through and we've been working together at Northwest State Community College for quite a while and I'm an art teacher and, and Vanderpool, you're, you teach graphic design and Alan Barris, you teach composition and speech. That's, that's great. Sorry. I said it, I had to enter in that comp, that. That's how this movie is. Yeah, you are right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is the beginning of the movie right here. Yes. Yes. I have just is. introduced all the characters. Yes. Wait, and no, we have to put in some should, line about, so Clink, shouldn't you be saying something about Back to the Future? <laughs> <laughs> should we podcast on this? I think we should podcast on this. Oh. She's showing us podcasting. We should yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that was wild. Like, And again, it goes into the whole football thing. Um, they play football. Oh, my God. That, that's like the room. That's like football from the room. That's exactly what that is. We should intercut the room football <laughs> playing sequence with that football sequence. That would be amazing. That's, 
ending with Peter like yes. landing flat on his daughter's face. That would be. I need more students. I need more students to, to make these edits. Come join my program and we'll make movie. We'll make real movie. Real, real Hollywood movie. <laughs> we make real Hollywood uh, movie. So is there anything else to talk about with this thing? I mean, I'm, you know, because my, my, can I have some of those pizza rolls? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, so I tried. Um, I tried showing my daughter Jocelyn, uh, who uh, Superman the movie, a couple of years ago, I think, or maybe it was Pip Ike, one of the kids. It was you, no. wasn't you? Okay, but anyway, long story short, uh, got bored just through that sweeping opening credits. I think we talked about this before, right? Like, like it was so cool back in the day because oh, I'm 12 and I've never seen anything like this before, yeah. and now this, you know similar now like watching this with the through without being able to forget all that we've learned since this came out or um does not hold up unfortunately i think so it, i think a, a remix of this would as a music Did video credits a lot of Wait. stuff like uh, no like, but, oh. sorry sorry the, the whole thing the credits are the best part of, of flash gordon by far those those oh, talking, okay. for sure i, I meant I mean, the credits the whole, i meant the I'm confused now. I meant the oh. credits man. Oh. Oh, we might credits. have entered into the Zoom. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the last 30 seconds was still better than Flash Gordon. Well, yes. But uh, the the big thing to remember about a lot of those, eight, like the really early 80s run of like Superman, the Star Trek movie, um, a lot of those products that were converted for the big screen. Um, Star Wars does not fall into this, weirdly enough. Um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure why. I might have to give George Lucas some credit. But anyway, uh, these other movies, uh, they all expect the audience to be like, Wow! It's the Enterprise! Yeah. I'm the Enterprise! for 20 damn minutes of this movie. Wow, here's another angle. Wow, here's another angle. All right, no, that might have worked it did, uh, at the time. But I can understand the impulse to do that because, again, science fiction movies of that big scale were still pretty new. Yeah. I mean, really, prior to uh, 2001, you don't get that big, modern-feeling movie spectacle. And, and 2001 is all is filled with wow, but again, it's Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, it's going to be filled with wow, and some of those scenes actually do hold up. But there's a lot of emphasis on just, aren't you excited to be watching a Star Trek movie? And yeah. again, it's not how things work now. Yeah. I, yeah, and I think that, you know, where there's that documentary and that story about Star Wars being saved in the edit, I truly yeah. think that that Flash Gordon could be saved in the edit. Oh, Everything God, yeah. takes way too long. Even for audiences back then. I mean, an hour and 50 minutes. What are you doing with yourself? I don't recall this movie being regarded as a success. I didn't see the, the uh, box office numbers. But it's always, it's always kind of been there as like the weird, that weird movie that had Queen do the score for it that other than that, it's kind of 
forgotten. It seemed like it had a lot of a potential to be one of those rock opera type, second, oh, yeah. like out there queen classic rock uh, movies. But then they said, well, we want to make money of this. So let's make it for kids or not kid kids, but somewhat kids. And let's see if we can get, get this done. And I think the, the culprit there might be Star Wars. Again, yeah. this, uh, they might have seen the, the merchandising possibilities and. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, some of the visuals, especially of the, the wing people flying in for battle, amazing. Yeah. Better than Quite. Galaxy Lords. Well, yes. yes. But again, that's a really damn low bar. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, is this a superhero movie? I was just going to ask that same exact thing with, like, Flash and his origin, his, his abilities. Um, He's a football yeah. player. He doesn't have the abilities. Like that's that's all it is. He's a jock saved the world. Yeah, yeah, but and he doesn't have Batman's bank account or big brains. He's just heroic. Yeah, and yeah, and, that's really it, right? Like he is, he is and, the inspiring force for the revolution, kind of because of his. That they even make jokes about being an inspiring force when he was first brought to the damn planet as they are transporting him, I think, with the Hawk people or something. Some, I don't remember which of the groups of aliens he's with at the time. But Dr. Zarkoff makes some kind of comment about, boy, these people sure could use a... a someone to lead them in revolution and like you just met flash and he's kind of dumb why do you think he's going to be this magical freedom fighter yeah it's it's interesting though right because uh topple or what's his name dr zhivago dr dr zarkon different movie yeah he's he's Um, english right European uh, something. Russian-y, I think, is what they were going for. Really? Topol himself was, was uh, born in Tel Aviv. Okay. So, uh, and made a living playing, uh, like being professionally Jewish. So Gotcha. It, because is, is this like, is this some metaphor, blah, 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 of America lead the world with Flash being America and... Uh, Topol, Topol being, Zarkon being, it's kind of the motivating factor behind that. Uh, pushing, pushing, know. pushing the American to do to to lead in this universe. Well, they look like me. Jeez. <laughs> I I wouldn't say it's anybody pushing. I think it's just that's what we do. We lead. Because we're loud and we wear shirts with our names on them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. We're big, loud football players that wear shirts on them and blonde-haired people. It, it's funny. This film, and I don't know if we've talked about Back to Our Future, that David Stroda book. Alan, I think I've mentioned to you before, right, about the 80s being the birth of the, the cult of personality. 
This, yeah. this yeah. is that 100%, right? I mean, from the opening credit song to his name being on his shirt to the, the one person bucking the system coming in to save the day, put everything right against the evil, whatever the evil is. This is like, yeah, this is saying, hey, 80s films, this is what it's going to be like for the next 10 years. Right. But again, we can trace that all the way back to Don Carter, who was also the magical white mm -hmm. safe of Mars. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Buck Rogers, who uh, gets transported through time and still is totally kick-ass at the end of it and still is a uh, should be an, is an inspiring leader again. And then we got Flash Gordon being part of that. Again, it's just the hero is heroic just because. Mm -hmm. It's just charisma, magic. It just happens. Yeah, so he would, and I think then what we would think about is as a hero, um, Flash Gordon is not a superhero. That's what I would say out of this. I mean, he's a soldier, leader, general, lieutenant type role, maybe. Uncle Sam type role even. I don't I don't know. I don't know. He's willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good. Towards the end there in the ship, he was yep. willing to run into the lightning shield or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. yeah. That the people can get through. Um, so there's no. some sacrifice. Yeah, no noble sacrifice there. Um, he is actually trying to save people he's not just trying to leave or stay and hide and then let the world blow up but he's actually actively trying to save the world and also save the people on the planet that he's on and, and fight the evil overlord guy is does does flash gordon in, in the comics or serial anything have have that crime alley moment that that that, that incident that inspired him to be something because there's in this movie i didn't see a defining i don't remember i don't that think defined so. at all there might be in the comic but i doubt it just because of the stuff that follows i haven't seen i, I think i've seen like like stills from the flash gordon serial but i've seen a lot of the stuff that's ripped off from it mm -hmm. and uh, like like commando cody and what's the Oh, his Undersea Kingdom is the one that uh, uh, with, uh, was starring Crash Corrigan. Not in any way a ripoff of Flash Gordon, mind you. <laughs> but Crash is also, like, just damn heroic. Mm -hmm. Except in this case, he's a Navy, he's a Navy officer. And that's, uh, and he just like, oh, he's the best Navy officer ever. Just like Flash is apparently the best football player ever. Despite well, his poor football playing, but anyway. And the, the Flash Gordon serial was around the time of World War II. So a lot of the heroes in these movies that you see are heroes because they have to be, or they are, and they've just they see somebody in danger and then they come and, and, and save them because again america has to go in and save the day because that's what we do and that's who we are for the for the original 40s ones um so yeah. i don't really think there would be a crime alley type scenario i think it's just hey these people are in trouble somehow i got on the ship i don't know how but these people are in trouble i'm going to go save them because that's what i do and that's who i am 
America. I guess in this case, Hitler is the crime alley in this case, or in this case, Ming is the crime alley. Yeah. I'm going to go sock all eight off in the jaw. <laughs> that's how that's how I was immediately thinking. He's Captain America before the serum, right? I mean, well, no, because he's a little bit he's more got muscular nice than... Like, he's got a nice just... squared off jaw. Like, that's even it... more squared off than Dolph Lundgren. Did he do anything after this movie? Sam P. Jones? I think that's his name, right? He was in Ted. I sent you guys the clip. That, that Ted clip is amazing. I, I know. I have... Ted, yeah, I now want to see it. That that, that sold me on the damn movie right there. <laughs> oh. so you ever see Sam P. Thank him for saving us all. <laughs> Every one of us. <laughs> so, what should we do now, folks? Well, I all thought right. we get to Velocipaster, but I guess not. I don't think we're going to talk about Velocipaster today, unless you really want to. Everybody should go see Velocipaster. Pastor was really fun there. Yes. We've talked yeah. about it. It's what we need to talk about. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. I just want this semester to end. <laughs> just like I want this <laughs> podcast to end. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Nice so what did we did we learn anything in this movie? Flash! <sighs> did Brian May do the whole score for this movie? Or just a just that song. Uh, Raised by Queen, the whole all the music was really. Oh. Yeah, in the very beginning, it said um, opening theme song and then uh, recording and everything produced by Queen. That's all it said. Very nice. So I don't. I'm not sure. I learned that if I am an evil alien, vaguely Orientalist uh, despot, never to trust my daughter with anything. Are you listening, Donald Trump? Don't trust your dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I think one of the coolest things is uh, this has to be where um, uh, uh, Mel Brooks got the swords from, right? The the ring, like oh, yeah, um, the ring. Like so, yeah. So so I where I hate this movie because it begot the uh, treadmill flying thing in Galaxy Lords, I also have to uh, you know, negate that or counter that by the fact that we got the Swartz. So this movie isn't as bad as I thought. So Clink, you still win. It also hey. to the sky sled uh, from the classic line of, uh, of Masters of the Universe toys. Nice. And, and favorite mode of conveyance on the cartoon. It's oh, that little yeah. flies around on with that yeah. ram set. Yeah, same deal. Ripped off from Flash Gordon. That and it's Way probably to easier to animate too. You just have the person, the, the drawing there, and just move the drawing around the, the background there. And it's always yeah. easier to cut straight lines, and the treadmill is very straight line. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we wrap up this uh, episode, are we wrapping up this season, or what are we going to do for next week? I, I, th I really want two more episodes because I need to make my last suggestion and then Flink needs to make his because right. we will all be better, smarter, and funnier if we go and stick it out to the end and we actually watch Buckaroo Banzai, which is really an amazing movie. So we, we're going to end with Buckaroo? 
But yeah, that's what I want last. But okay. next yeah. week, I want the Detroit Boys. I want RoboCop and the Crow. And it has to be the 1987 RoboCop, not that crap pile that they made more recently. That is not RoboCop. And Crow. RoboCop and Crow. And, and folks, I apologize last time we said Mystery Men, but if you're following along at home, we never mean what we say. Welcome to my program. <laughs> well, we always say what we mean. Yes. And we always, whatever. Um, <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. There, done. We talked about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm down like Ron Brown. So, uh, without further ado, I think we can go back to the rest of our Fridays. Yay. Say bye, folks. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye, folks. Whoosh.